Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week, as we embark on the second year of the podcast, this is the first of that second year, and it's also episode 50, we finally hit Alfred Hitchcock. That's right, we managed to do almost half a century of episodes (laughs) without getting to one of the most important directors of all time. But we're here now, and we are reviewing one of his classics, the birds joining me to watch the birds we have as always someone who has seen the film and someone who has not our guest who has seen the film is making his debut today it's mr brett cullen oh hello thank you for having me yes uh, very excited it's lovely to have you on here brett now for the people at home uh because they won't have uh, heard you before who are you, Brett, and what do you do? Yeah, uh, yes, you? my name is Brett, but I go by Bort, which is a much classier name. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I am a producer and designer at a VR company, which is pretty cool. Really? But in a past life, I was a teacher uh, of film, specifically film history, mm-hmm. uh, as well as games and animation, stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. If I may deviate briefly, VR, mm. VR company. Yes. Uh, so, uh, presumably, uh, games? No, actually. No? Well... It's it's bootstrapping games technology into sort of training and simulations and sort of non-game things. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That sounds that sounds like a subject for another podcast. But it's, it is firmly in my wheelhouse, as they say. Lovely. And oh, sorry, the Gruber is trying to get in because Gruber's <laughs> got lots of thoughts on the birds. <laughs> uh, and despite, I'm pretty sure you've never seen it. Uh, <laughs> I've eaten a few. <laughs> uh, but Brett, um, yes. what do you remember? Of the birds It's been a very long time Since I've seen I think I saw it Way back in the Very first Trimester Very first semester Rather of my Film studies degree Ah yes Uh, And I did Birds Vertigo And Rear Window In one day Wow Uh, So it's all a little bit Of a How paranoid were you At the end of that day (laughs) Very very. I started seeing everything In black and white And strange crashes Rooms and things Um, So it's been a long time But I remember the the methods that Hitchcock used mm. to elicit certain reactions from the actors, mm. uh, which someone like Kubrick sort of took to the next level, actually. Mm. But yeah, not a huge amount, but I remember it being a hugely sort of culturally impactful film. Um, highbrow horror, which is, you know, horror is my, my go-to jam. I've right. done a lot of study, a lot of work with horror. Uh, and it is a really beautifully structured horror film. Okay. Yeah, or thriller drama, but it's mm. horror. Excellent. And joining us as our guest who hasn't seen the film, you may be able to tell by the fact there's a German shepherd in the background, <laughs> it's Tegan Mulvaney! Hi! Uh, upstaged by my dog already. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's nothing new there. We do know Gruber loves a podcast. He sure does. Um, Tegan, just for the folks at home, uh, who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm Tegan. I'm an owner of a German shepherd called Gruber and I work for a children's cancer charity as a puppeteer. And you've never seen the birds. I haven't. I haven't seen many Hitchcock at all. Well, do which, I have a box set for you? Well, I think I, yeah, I. it's like a slap on the wrist for me, I think, with this sort of stuff. I, I've seen Psycho. Mm-hmm. I've but also wait, seen... Like, psycho, the Hitchcock Psycho or the Gus Van Sant? Both. Well, both. the Gus Van like, kind of is just the Hitchcock it's one. The it's the same, same one. Because it's, yeah, same shot. I think, it. I think I saw that one first Ooh. and was... Bored out of my brain, oh, and Vince Vaughn, eh. yeah. and then I watched. Um, so then I watched the original, mm. and it is so much better. Mm. Anthony Perkins is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The thing is, so, you would have seen Hitchcock because it echoes like forward that's through exactly every other right. thing. Yeah, that's it. And you, it's one of those things like where it, it permeates. You know, because like, mm. I love film and watch a lot of film, and you know when without having seen that much Hitchcock. You kind of know when you're seeing 
Hitchcock-esque yeah. stuff. Mm. Simpsons did it a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. you know what? That's probably what it is. It's yeah. probably more to do with the, the Simpsons or yep. the Muppets. You know, the Muppets used to do like yeah. their own versions of Murder on the Orient Express <laughs> and all those things. Yeah, it, it always it's it's permeated. I'm very excited to see it. I've seen classic shots. They always come up in, yeah. you know, film docos and things like that. And yeah, it was a big special effects kind of yeah. touchstone. Of, oh. Yeah, but it will be nice to see them in the context of the entire actual film, I think. Hmm. Seeing Tippi Hedren. Is it Tippi Hedren? It is Tippi yes. Hedren, yes. Having seagulls thrown at her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, shall we get into it then? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> okay, everybody, uh, get your copies of your DVDs or Blu-rays or however you're watching it ready. And uh, maybe maybe get any budgies that you have out of the room because yeah. we don't want to give them ideas. Because They'll be taking notes, yeah. little budgie notes. Little budgie notes. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that. Uh, but yes, uh, prepare to watch The Birds. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, they're here. Ah. Uh, and joining me to review The Birds, we have uh, Mr. Brett Cullen. Hello. And Miss Deegan Mulvaney. Hi. So, The Birds. Um, it, what did we think? Uh, we'll start with you, Tegan, because this was your first time watching it. Yeah. What, what are your what, first impressions of The Birds? Didn't have enough birds. It really didn't. No. And there were a lot of birds at the end. Yeah, at the end. But they could have spaced them out a bit through the film, I guess. Well, I mean, they, they did. It was just mostly spaced in the second half. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Though, look, it's it's fine. It's exactly what I expected it to be, mm. honestly. Like, it's... Um, we watched the coloured version as well, so mm. there's got all the coloured, saturated colour yeah. and stuff in it, which was I actually quite liked that. There were, uh, except for a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that probably would look better in black and white. Yeah. Mm. But um, I think it looks nice. Yeah. The way mm. they've done it, I think because it's such a quite a surrealishy sort yeah. of film as well. The colour, I think the colour being over exaggerated helped with that. I, th- I think you should go back and watch. The last bit of it in black and white. Yeah, I'll skip it's a, to, it's I'll a very skip to different, the end. Yeah, yeah. The first part. It's a different. It's a different vibe. Yeah, it's, a different, it's the vibe of the thing. I think um, yeah. old mate might have looked a bit more handsome in Possibly. black and white as well. <laughs> uh, as well. Uh, well, that's uh, Rod Taylor who played uh, the lawyer Mitch Brenner. Uh, but uh, we, we we noticed looked like a cross of Cary Grant and Robin Williams. Yeah, if they had mm-hmm. a baby and yeah. then it grew up a little bit, and they got punched would... in the head a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then did a yeah, few yeah. rounds um, in the boxing ring. Mm. It would look like the love child of Robin Williams and Cary Grant. Mm. Once <laughs> once you made that observation, it was very difficult yeah. not to see. <laughs> yeah, it. It was, yeah, um, but I thought I thought Rod Taylor was perfectly fine. Uh, if, he yeah. was, if maybe yeah. not your traditional leading man, but well, which he was though in another in, in lots other of films. other films. But yeah. I suppose I mean this film wasn't a very it, it it wasn't a very typical film in a lot of ways. Um, no, no. I mean, I mean, you've got Tippi Hedren uh, playing our, our lead, playing um, uh, Melanie Daniels, um, and she's she's meant to be this. Uh, socialite that mm. gets into a bit of trouble and is a bit racy, but to be honest, I I didn't really get that impression from the character. I don't know if it's because no. we we didn't get enough exposition or we got too much in the wrong areas. Um, <laughs> well, there was exposition. There was ex- there was, but yeah. it it just didn't feel as though any of it ultimately mattered. No, and I think that's uh, it happens a lot in Hitchcock's films where he spends a lot of time with the characters and then wipes it all away. Mm. And the birds is one of the big ones where, in a modern context, the last chunk of that film would be the first act. Yeah. So you look at something like the Dawn of the Dead remake, and the credit sequence is almost the entirety of what the birds is. Right. Yeah. Right. So you move this story forward really quickly to mm. the highest conflict point, which is of course when everything goes wrong. But it is so. It's true that yeah, he focused a lot on the characters, mm. but the characters were so dull. Yeah, like they were broad. really boring. Yeah. When the bar scene happened <laughs> with all the character actors, yeah. that was great. Yeah, but the drunk. It, it's so like, hang on, it's hang on, like they were all making up for how dull the leads yeah. were. I mean, we, we will get to the bar scene. Oh, I'm yeah. s- that was so oh, funny. 
So the scene starts with about two minutes of credits of birds flapping, mm. um, which I think was quite effective and maybe is what they should have used on the DVD menu because in this yes. particular version, <laughs> we had the Hitchcock Presents theme, which yeah. is a, it's a great theme. It's like a polka. It's a, it's a big pompous... Yeah, but it's, you know, a big cheery... It's Fantasia meets the birds. Yeah, I think I said at the beginning, it's like I was expecting Laurel and Hardy to be walking around going, oh, this is another fine mess you've gotten us into. That's what we're waiting for. Um, uh, but yeah, we begin. We have um, the the opening of the scene. We're uh, the scene, the film. Uh, we're introduced to Melanie Daniels as she goes into a pet shop full of birds for shadowing. The fanciest pet shop. Yeah, yeah very. It's it's in San Francisco. You know, it's, it's sixty it's San place. Francisco yeah. where you could buy a toucan and a monkey <laughs> in a shop. Yeah. In a shop. Yeah, with yeah. A, in gold gilded ca- mm. cases. Cages. And, uh, yeah, she's in there for no particular reason. Oh, uh, so but kind of no, starting she's getting a minor the, bird. Starting with the director cameo. So he's oh, yes, walks obviously, out yeah. with Al- his two dogs. That's yeah. Right. Alfred walks out with his two dogs. We'll get we'll get to those dogs a little mm. later. Um, Ooh, but yes, Me- Melanie walks in. She goes to buy a minor bird, and she's introduced to this. Uh, this character named Mitch Brenner, uh, this lawyer, and oh, they don't quite get along. There's this, but there's definitely this simmering sexual tension straight mm. from the beginning because they're the two leads in a '60s Hitchcock film. That's, of course, it, it, but it just it just felt very forced. It, it didn't it felt I, like it was from a different film. Yeah, yeah. Than it, where we were going to end up. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just. I'll be honest, I didn't care about the characters in this film no. whatsoever. I cared a little bit more about some of the characters we met in um, uh, Bodega Bay. Um, but Bodega Bay. <laughs> Whoa! Um, but, but, but our leads, I was not particularly enamoured with. No, and neither are particularly likable. He's probably more likable, but mm. because he likes her, you stop caring. Yeah, because she's she's well. Look, I mean, we'll break She'd down be what she better does. As but a she does crazy case. stuff. She's yeah. a psycho. Yeah, yeah. And she it's like, oh well, she it's, does proper which, stalker. But that's the thing: if you're going to focus on a character, mm. you've given her a pretty pretty mm. interesting, you know scope yep. to work with and you don't work with it it's, it evaporates it, it evaporates just, as, yeah. do you know what's interesting as soon as she meets him all of that stuff evaporates and she just fits straight into the damsel mold for almost the rest of the film yeah and it's interesting yeah, because in, in a way i when watching this film i kept thinking of psycho yeah and mm. obviously the start of that film we're following a female protagonist right up until spoiler alert for psycho mm. she, she gets, gets murdered yeah and that's a big twist in that film and that's very yeah. unexpected uh, in this film, it but almost feels as though... isn't she more interesting in cycles? Isn't she like... Yeah, she's just... Robbed, she's a she's robber. Yeah, she, she, she's, she's, a, she's on the a run. Yeah. yeah. And, so that's, you, and that's an interesting character, whereas this was literally a lady meeting a lawyer in a bird shop and going, oh, you don't like pranks, hey? Yeah. I'm, here's a prank. I'm going to buy two birds and put them in your house in a bodega bay 60 yeah. miles away. Figure out yeah. where you And live. also address it to your child. Yeah. Or, or your sister. Your sisters, yeah. yeah. But, mm. oh, yeah, it was... Like it got creepier. Yeah, yeah. And then it was if, like he expected it, mm. and he was like super happy that she did it. I'd oh, be you calling crazy the cops. It's the sort of thing that I think if it was a male character, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be as accepting as an audience. No, no. Um, but it'd but, be a different film yeah. altogether. It would be leaving birds in someone's house and then watching them from a boat going. <laughs> but then if you played a different, if you, if he'd had a different reaction to it, it would have been like Fatal Attraction. Yeah, I think you know? it's female, like bunny yeah. boiling. She's yeah. a potential bunny boiler, yeah. except it's the lovebirds she's going to pluck yeah. and stew instead. So she buys the lovebirds. She tries to leave them as apartment, but luckily Mr. Exposition is there. Exposition mustache. Yeah. Exposition mustache. With a fine mustache going, oh, he stays out of town on the weekend. It's about, not only that. It's about, it's called Bodega Bay. It's 60 miles out of town. You can take the freeway to get there. It gives mm. her. Or it's on the coastal road, which will take two hours. That's right. Yeah. It's which I suppose that in in to He's quote Google Maps. To He's quote, Mr. Google he Maps. He is Mr. Google Maps. I mean, to quote Grandpa Simpson, it was the style of the time. Like a, a lot, a lot of those, a lot of films from this time period do have characters that do that exposition. But yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing, the thing I was thinking at the time was this is like the Quiet Man without the charm. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just it, it, and we get that same trope when she gets into town and she meets mm-hmm. the man who runs the shop in Bodega Bay, and she's like, it's almost the same scene. Yeah. Yeah, and so and the in- Invisible man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Harry. voice from the back. What's what's the girl's name? Lois. The, the... I thought it was Alice. It's Lois. And it's Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close. It's like, yeah. is this worth it just to yeah. for that joke? 
it, it wasn't. I think, no, ultimately. it no. wasn't. It just, and uh, I, I suppose it's the thing I appreciated about that, and and obviously the the really lovely establishing shots of Bodega Bay was we were building up essentially this little town America setting so yeah. that we can pull it apart with a bird attack later. It was yeah. all just colour. Yeah. It was just, just it was, colouring it in. It was nice, but I think it's the sort of thing that these days gets done quicker and better. And I think, to be honest, that's the main feeling I yeah. get is that you yeah. can make this film quicker and better for the time. Yeah. Pretty pretty damn excellent. Well, See, I think we've gone back the other way. Yeah. I think we got, a lot more we got very, very good at doing that, all that exposition. Mm. Um, we were talking about this... Um, Patrick, who's been on the podcast, and he's my, my partner, and I, we were talking about um, Batman Returns and <laughs> the comparison between Batman Returns and the Christian Bale Batmans, yeah. and about how Batman Returns is an hour and a half, and the entire uh, backstory of Oswald Cobblepot mm-hmm. and Selena Kyle is done in the first half hour. Yeah, but so you, you have an incredible yeah. depth of information about those two characters and about why they are who they are. Yeah. But then you can get on with the rest of the film. So it's forty minutes in that mm. Penguin comes up with the baby, and yep. he, you know, and, and it starts He's the story. The and, yeah. and yet, you know, Christian Bale in like the films now, mm. that would take an hour yeah. at least before that came into the film. Well, which it is took what an entire this film. is. It took an entire well, film. It took, took Batman Begins to get to exactly, Batman, exactly. Yeah. So it this be is Batman gets going. Yeah. <laughs> In the second one, The Dark Knight, should literally just be, it's Batman time. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Now it's, now it's Batman. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, if you, this, if but you... it feels like we've gone, so, we, you know, we were maybe doing all of that, this sort of stuff through the 60s and through these films. And like, it's very, it seems like a very mm. Hitchcock thing. Now, looking at this and then looking at how people are doing this now, mm. you can see where this maybe has influenced filmmakers yeah. to do that in present filmmaking but there was a great period of time where people just got better at making films mm. i think mm-hmm. a bit in snappier films yeah. and making snappy films to get to the meat of the story yeah. the idea well keep in mind that films back then were, qu- were quite long but they literally had a break in the middle you got up and went mm. to the bathroom and you yeah. got some snacks like there was there was but intermission. even in like gone with the wind which is three, three and, and a half hours else, yeah. or four hours with an intermission yeah stuff happens right through the film it's a saga of a film well i think part of the issue maybe the issue i suppose is that this is based off a short story this is not a two-hour story it's 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 a short story about basically oh some birds attacked a seaside town and also this film is very different from the original short story yes um it was just essentially it just took the themes from that story and turned it into this hitchcock film and I, i suppose it is interesting that that it's not interesting, I guess. That that, yeah. that yeah. Hitchcock, who is famed for creating these films, which are suspenseful, and this one is suspenseful. But really, I, I well, I, I felt when the birds were once the birds around, were there, it was yeah. suspenseful. But but it was only suspenseful because I was I was imagining myself in the situation. I was essentially projecting my thoughts and feelings into Mitch and into Mel mm. when they're in those scenes. I didn't care. If Mitch or Mel actually got out of there, like yeah. when, when Mel's getting ripped to shreds with the birds near the end, she was like, yeah. Die. "Yeah, I wasn't there going, oh no, we've got to get Mel out because then she can do more pranks." I guess no, yeah. I, I, but I was, but I was empathising with her, going, "That's actually kind of terrifying the way that's that that situation is presented." So yeah, yeah, yeah I was just upset about the birds that probably died. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's not a it's not an animal friendly film by any means. No. I I was what I was. Usually I can watch uh, uh, films from the past that are held as iconic Mm. and despite them being dated, I can still appreciate what it is about that film that makes it, um, you know, makes people revere it. Mm. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't do that with this film. I didn't get it. I didn't, I saw um, very very bleak characters yeah. that I didn't care about. Yeah. I did, and so that usually doesn't, they wouldn't bother me as much, but in this one, because they set up such an interesting mm. uh, thing right at the start and odd, really weird and strange. Yeah. And then it just collapsed. And then even the stuff with the birds, even the stuff with the suspense, I didn't take it on board. Right. I, what I did see and understand is, is where um, it has impacted film now or where yeah. Hitchcock 
has impacted massively so yeah like yes. i was saying through that there's a lot of like archetypal moments that absolutely echo forward definitely into the genre. because the familiarity of that just resonates through the whole film yeah but i thought the film was shit yeah <laughs> it was no no that's fine that's fine yeah. and that's i i i remember now mm. why i didn't remember anything past anything from the first, it like the bird attack the, yeah. the school bird attack is because nothing yeah. really happens i mean the subplot is basically uh, Mel turns up in this seaside town where there's this like hotshot San Francisco lawyer. She meets the school teacher Annie Hayworth because she's trying to find out Kathy's name because the two bozos in the shop don't know. Um, she ends up lodging with Annie, the lodger. That's the other Hitchcock uh, one I was thinking one, yeah. of. Um, but yes, um, she ends up staying with Annie as a lodger and they have this kind of subplot about the fact that they're both kind of have got the hots for lawyer yeah. man. But, and but he has the, a history with her. Yeah. yeah. The, the, this new girl in town is like muscling in on her territory. And yeah. The sly like, mm, I've liked him for a while now and I'd like to continue doing that. Yeah. And then, but, and that's like the most interaction those yeah. two really have. And it's, and it's not necessarily an issue with the actors. I don't think there's any bad acting in this film or, or there's little, uh, there's like little bits of acting where it's like, that's maybe not how you would run well, when being chased by let's birds. Let's loop back to the bar scene. Well, well, <laughs> no, the bar scene was amazing. For, the, for, the, for just incredible. How many different levels of acting there were? Yeah, right? it was incredible. Um, I, actually, masterclass. In I would, I would recommend watching it just for the bar scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so they meet just Annie. Gallo wine. The, yeah, they they get the boat. I'm just skipping through the the reams of pointless yeah. plot. She does get attacked by a seagull on the way back in the boat, and that's the yep. first indication yeah. of like birds are up to something. If you um, time it, nothing else happens for about forty minutes, bird wise. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, like no, the, the lovebirds um, are in oh, the, the car. Tilt. The lovebird yeah, tilt the, in the, the car. Tilt special yeah. effects. So that as was, she goes around the corner, they've yeah, got little where the little lovebird taxidermy stuffed. Yeah. Lovebirds do their little whoa yeah. to What's one it's, side, whoa to the other side. It was how to show that she was driving recklessly, recklessly and dangerously yeah. without actually having to show it. Was having a cage staying perfectly still and not yeah, sliding the birds, around the floor, yeah, but no, the birds moving back tilting to the left and the right. Which going, you know you got to recontextualize it. That as film language is really interesting, mm. pointless. Yeah, but you know no one was doing that kind it of. It looked thing, like really. a scene from like. Loaded Weapon or oh, Top totally. Secret. Totally. Or well, I was like, just thinking of like one of the more recent series of Red Dwarf where it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, ship's turning left. Are you sure? And they all lean to the left to make it seem like yeah. the ship is turning. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Star Trek where they would go, shake, and everyone would have to shake yeah. around yeah. like it was being hit. Yeah, it's, um, it's pantomime, it it's theatering. But she's attacked by the seagull. She meets Mitchell's mother, Lydia, who has an equally pointless backstory that no yeah. one cares about. Although, I mean... It, it, you were saying you were looking forward to seeing uh, Jessica Tandy. She acted the pants off. Everyone she did a really else. good job as yeah. Lydia. She's incredible. I yeah. love her. Yeah. And and of course, little Veronica Cartwright Veronica acted the pants off everyone as well. Yeah, yeah. there little, was some good performances. Totally. But, but yeah. it's just that the characters they were performing just didn't service the plot. They didn't have much to do. I, I suppose. React. I suppose that's why because people scoff at disaster movies nowadays. You know, when we watch something like Geostorm or the day after tomorrow, there's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like. You know, you're not watching it because you want to see how Gerard Butler goes as a geologist. You yeah. want, you're watching it because you want to see stuff get messed up. You, you want to see to... spectacle. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, whilst whilst we look at things like Armageddon or Deep Impact, you know, yeah. it's kind of like uh, the plot's simple. So simple that two films got to do it in the same year. Yeah. Big rock is going to hit the rock we live on. How do people react? Yeah. But it's still... Like, I, I think we now understand as an audience where it's like, you are going to see this because it's... It's a situation. It's almost like a what if thing. It's mm. it's you as an audience going along and going, oh, what if a load of birds just attacked? Um, yeah. But I I think like if it was being if if you know if Michael Bay was was making the birds, oh, yeah. uh, one there'd be a lot more explosions than the one we got. Uh, two, it would be called Michael Bodega Bay, and <laughs> and three, I actually think Michael Bay might make this film better. Well, look, I, 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 I M Night Shyamalan, 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 yeah, he gave it a go. With um, ah, oh, what was that film with Marky Mark and uh, I can't remember. The Happening. Oh yeah, the yeah, Happening. Yeah. And spoiler alert: it was the trees killing everyone. So all these people were killing themselves in these horrible, gruesome ways, and it turns out it was the trees. Right. And that's the that was the M Night twist. Mm. But that take that took a huge amount of cues from this film. It, it built the same way. Mm. You had almost the same bland male female mm. with a kid characters. It was it was basic and it copped a lot of crap for that, 
but also because it was a terrible film, getting Mark Ruffalo playing a, a science teacher from memory. Mm. But it was the same pointless, mm. pointless characterization for no real reason, and the spectacle was the how the people killed themselves. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, and I, I, it, it it just strikes me that yeah, I think this is an important film in that it is setting up things that come like even not too long after things like the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, where yeah. it's it all uh, tearing Inferno. Yeah, you have the, a gallery of characters that have maybe one trope to them, yeah, one one hook, and then one by one you see them often creative ways. Yeah, and I think that. But then people did it better. I just think. Uh, oh I, yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. it and I go, yeah, I think Hitchcock's a shit director. They, <laughs> like I they, for a film having not seen, I think. I don't th- I think he needs uh, good actors. He's not an mm. actor's director. Mm. Yeah. That's what I see. When you when you look at, you know, well, Psycho, famously, when you've got brilliant actors yeah. playing roles with more substance to them. He's famously said that he's already made the film in his head. He just needs yeah. to shoot it. So he and just the, needs and literally the actors are just him. props for him. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of like reciprocal, can we develop this? And it's like, no, this is the way I want you to do it. This is how I want you to say it. Which sucks. Here's the line well, reading. But it works. Do it how it was in my head. But it works for certain films. And, you know, there, there, is, a, yeah, there, is, there is a reason why Hitchcock is 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 He's still not. discussed and remembered. That's yeah. still why, like, when you yeah, think of famous fair. directors yeah. from his time period... He's he's the standout director, and that's because he was very different, and and he created films which people remembered and wanted to see. But those methods obviously don't work for everything because we're all mm. sitting here going, "The Birds" is kind of a bit crap. And yeah. I yep. I don't yeah, and I, I mean I taking these opinions having not seen a lot of films of yeah. his, so it's you know it's if, yeah. if if the Birds was the only film he made, I'd yeah. be like get out of here. No, but I, but I but I know but when you that's when I think of the. You know the iconic uh, character, like Rear Window and Vertigo, Vertigo and yeah. you know those sort of, and Back to Psycho as well. They all have phenomenal actors in oh, them absolutely. as well in those like, in those lead roles. Look at the characterization of Norman Bates in Psycho. Exactly, it's, it's masterful. But every part of that film is crafted around him. So the shots of him talking and the the dead animals in the background yeah. and the angles and that. I don't feel like that amount of care was put into this. Mm. There's no. a lot of beautiful establishing shots, especially in this film, but everything else is shot really flat. It's shot like this a film, it feels a bit lost, this film. Mm, like it yeah. feels that's why I'm it, it's an amusing and intriguing film to be held as a classic mm. because I don't like I look at it, it reminded me a little bit, you know, what you're talking about, um, about those sort of long establishing films. Mm. It's something like, uh, is it Don't Look Now? The one with Donald Sutherland about the when his kid drowns. Yes, yeah. Um, and and it's, he's not sure if it's a If it's a ghost thing. or yeah, if it's yeah. a thing. Because like, I feel like that's the same sort of, it's that meandering pace. It's yeah. still made as a horror, it's still made as a thriller. But, but it, it, that's crafted really well to be dreamlike the whole and, time. Yeah, yeah, and you have amazing performances but you have there's something about there's a character there's something in the character there's been direction yeah. for those characters yeah. it's as always well, flashing back actors. to the pond and like those yeah. moments always bringing that back yeah it, it, it's it, the crafting of the film seems um a lot more intelligent yeah this just feels like it you could watch this film from the school scene where she shows up at the school yeah to the end of the film and go oh yeah, yeah mm. that's a, quite a good short film yeah, I mean, I, I would say that this this film really kicks in uh, when we get to the birthday party. Yeah, uh, Kathy's having yeah. a birthday yep. party, and that's when a bunch of seagulls attack everyone at the party. Yeah. And you don't need to know who the characters are for that. This film would be hmm. so much better from the point of view of the birds, like in um, oh, like in that is it the Long Weekend where the where the animals? It's an Australian film where the nature attacks. There's two. Um, humans. It's just an old Australian film, and they remade it for America. Yeah. So there's two Australian, uh, two a man and a woman, and they're in love, and they're on their honeymoon or something, and they're on a oh, beach, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the beach starts attacking them. Yeah. So the, nature so, turns yeah, against them. Yeah, and it's all about. Um, it's it's made in the 70s. It's made way back. It was, in, a, it was like an early 40 years ago. Yeah, and it, yeah. but it's about. Um, it was. It's a. It's a. It's like a greeny film. It's about yeah, you know how we fu- how we. F bomb the the world <laughs> almost said it um, and how um, nature then turns around and mm. is um, and retaliates yeah um, and that's what this film feels like yeah and I, that's that would have been that would have made me more interested in the film yeah already yeah. I, but that's what the happening kind of was and it's like mm. there's the bad right. version of the birds which is the happening there's the good version which is James Gunn's Sliver right small town 
this invasion, but it's an invasion of worms which come directly mm. from from Shiva, um, and then it just goes crazy, body horror. You know, because you know James Gunn started at, at, yeah. at uh, Tremio and doing Tremio and Juliet, and did he Tremio make Tremio? Yeah, I, I love that film. Yeah. Mm. He did. I read crazy a cultural stuff. studies essay on that film. It's the only, only good mark I got for a mm-hmm. cultural studies mm-hmm. unit. But if you go watch Slither, and I have recently, mm-hmm. it's the same basic plot, but you care about the characters. Because it's Nathan Fillon and Elizabeth Banks. So there's, right. there's already, and then, you know, Michael Rooker plays the bad guy who gets mutated and he's the loner and the outsider. And that. So you've actually got all these character dynamics that are working and that's what James Gunn does masterfully. Mm. I can, and that, that's honestly, so there is James Gunn writing the birds. Again, oh, well, all right? this is making me hate the birds less because mm. maybe we wouldn't have had any of no, that. Had it is a template for what comes film. after. Yeah. And um, the, the eyes not, pecked not out was pretty cool. Because you mentioned... Uh, Night of the Living Dead, exactly. uh, which which we've already covered on this podcast, which certain scenes uh, in the second half of this film are reminiscent. Obviously, they, they board up the house to try and stop the birds getting in because we see them come through the chimney. Mm-hmm. That that sequence was great. Yep. The, the, yeah, I liked that. Yeah, the birds getting in through the chimney. And then, you know, when we see them so, uh, like huddled in the living room and then the power goes out, um, it was very reminiscent of George Romero's first uh, Living Dead film. It was yeah. even shot the similar, so you had like the natural, the yeah. stark natural light and everyone was just exhausted and broken and yeah but again that happens in the middle of night living dead you know what i mean like yeah you get you, you know, get there relatively the you get there relatively quickly whereas yeah. this is coming in the last half an hour and then you get that really nice character study of all these different mm. people bottled in together mm. which you just don't get because everyone cares about everyone and the birds you know like yeah it's the, a heroic situation for the guy to come in and, and save everyone and the, the silly blonde who was actually quite an active character really early in the film yeah just turns passive for almost two-thirds of it after that yeah, it, much in the same way that in Night of Living Dead that happens to Barbara. Yep. We start watching Barbara in... in She's the character we're following at the start of the film, but then as soon as any male character comes into the yep. scene, um, she suddenly becomes passive and faints. Yep. And it, mm. I don't think it's as bad as, as it is in Night of Living Dead no. and the Birds. But Tippi Hedren certainly becomes a lot less uh, important as a character. Yep. Um, I think they also... There's moments in the film where you think... Uh, some sort of conflict is going to happen between the characters like, and um, it never does. Like Mel and Lydia, the mother. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lydia's there saying, you know, what are your intentions with my son, that kind of thing. And then they kind of just... Fizzle. They kind just, of just fizzle. And in a way, I actually didn't mind that in particular, but it did mean that later on there was there was no conflict. You know, there That's was, it. There's just birds. And so they have to can... keep going outside and doing... He's like, well, what are we going to do now? Well, let's take him outside again yeah. so then we can get attacked by birds again. Even the scene in, in the crazy bar with mm. the crazy people, there was the scene where the mother says, we got to- somehow, some random person said, it's your fault. When you no, came. she comes to that conclusion. Yeah, she's this, like yeah. No, she said some. I think she says someone. They've said they've all said it only didn't happen oh, until yeah, okay. you got here. Yeah, you're evil. And then she gets slapped. When she goes hysterical and says, "You're evil," that's evil, it. Evil. And then Slap. so Tippy slaps her, and then she stops. And it's and then it's never spoken of again. It's yeah. like well, that could you know like in the mist or something like yeah, that. everyone's going nuts everyone when everyone's yeah. stuck in together yeah. and you've got those closed in sort of we could have had, we could have had a wicker man situation we could yes. have had tippy hedger in a giant bird seed holder yeah. 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 we won't get rid of your goddamn birds do you know what i do you know what i like the most about the bird i think that he it never is explained why the birds are doing what they're doing i love yeah. that and that's yes there, there's a lot of exposition heavy films that come before that and like all the character exposition is is heavy duty yeah but the bird situation is like the birds just they're just going to yeah. kill you. I think a lot it's, of really it's unexplainable, yeah. and inexplicable. And a lot again, of really like, effective horror films do that. It's a bit yeah. like Jaws. Uh, Jaws took it again. The thing. The thing. Yeah. The thing. We know it's an alien that can shapeshift. We don't know why it's there, but, yeah. but it's just there. Yeah. And when you compare that to it, its predecessor, the thing from another world, where yeah. they they try and explain it, it's less effective. Well, that's yeah. because it was heavily based on a radio serial where you had to do exposition. I, I suppose, otherwise yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't work. But then mm. if you skip ahead to the thing, which they stupidly, you know, the oh, the 2011, 2011 one. Yeah. Yeah. They explained everything. Right. There's a big giant alien ship because you need a third act set piece. Mm. But again, that's what, maybe that's where the birds has something to, you know, be credited for. Oh, yeah. I always call that, so I think I've said it on here before, it's my, um, the Donnie Darko mm. editors. Uh, have you read? Have you seen yes. the director's cut yes. versus the, the cinematic version? Yeah. Mm. And how shit the director's cut is. Yep. It is the 
stinkiest film because mm. everything is explained. Yeah. They talk about the wormholes. They explain that um, the rabbit is the boyfriend yeah. of Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. Mm. So everything links and you yeah. watch it and you go, oh, this sucks because it's, there's nothing left for you yeah. to kind of philosophize about and work out for yourself, yep. yeah. which is fun. Like at least in a film like this, you can go, well, Will the birds stop? We yeah. don't see if we don't see them stop. No. Why well, did they do it? Is yeah. this a is this a Why they, metaphor? Yeah. Is this just a, a yeah. thing that they've thought of? E- even things that we do see, like after they've attacked the house and they've had had a crack at Tippy Hedron, um, we we follow Mitch when he goes out to the car and they don't attack yeah. him. Yeah, and it's like, why is that? Because they know that they're no longer a threat. Yeah, or is it because they only attack at specific times? And that is a brilliant yeah. scene. There's also Beautiful when scene. he says um, when they talk about. When, again, with the wood scene, when they're nailing the wood to the windows, when he says... Oh, yeah, they, uh, every they, 15 they, minutes. They attack, yeah. they, for 15 minutes they gather, yeah. then they go away, yep. and, then they, and then they regather, and it's like, that's really cool. Yeah. That's so, really cool. There's so many... Again, I think this is where this film is frustrating, and I got bored, is that it, yeah. it actually brings forward... Heaps of wonderful yeah. ideas, heaps of wonderful character studies yep. and, and analyses of, like, behaviour... Mm but it never attaches them. And that's well, where I go. Let's take that walking scene. So he comes outside and there's all these birds everywhere and he has to get to the car because he, and he's going to roll the car out to make it quick for them to escape. So he's getting the car as close to the door. Take that scene, fast forward, and you have the last scene of Alien where Sigourney Weaver is creeping mm-hmm. out, has to put on the space suit. The alien is there right there sleeping. Mm. Mm. It's that moment of the, the screw turning, the highest piece of tension yeah. because at that point of the film, and this is where Hitchcock is a master is that at that point when the birds have been there not long after they've been attacked right mm. so there's there's a nice little echo like a, a pattern precedent setting up birds gather there's an attack they disperse we know that right so they've gathered at that point mm. so you don't know if they come outside and it's going to go bad or they come outside but they come outside and they drive off and well, it's, it's almost like the birds have their victory mm. what they wanted is for they've them to go over. they know yeah. he's going so they yeah. they don't have to attack anymore but like that yeah. that pattern of suspense that you know they arguably hitchcock is the master of that is used so many times from that point on in so many different ways. Yeah, you've got it in yeah. Jurassic Park where they're in. Yeah, you that's know, true. You've got it anytime there's a there's the monster. Mm. You've got the person hiding while the monster's just there. Yeah. So if you look at you know um, Friday the Thirteenth and you know, Halloween, Halloween. And, yeah, 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 yeah. When she's you in know the, the hulking behemoth killers and yeah. that that moment of suspense where you're literally holding your breath, going, "Oh, this is, could be really bad." The only problem is it's come not that long after she's been ravaged and attacked upstairs. Mm. So you kind of, because I've actually plotted like the high points yeah. of the horror drama for this. And it just, it, it plateaus a little bit and then it just racks up right at the end, which mm. is great because you want to, you want to have the beginning and the end of any horror film being the punchiest. Mm. And most horror films fail because the beginning is pretty crap mm. and the ending is pretty crap. Mm. I do think, this is a good time to focus on some of the positives. Uh, when Lydia finds her farmer friend who's been murdered by the birds That's or cool. birded, birded, as we termed birded. it. <laughs> and there's just his corpse in the room with like all the dead seagulls and he hasn't got any eyes. Yep. And it's like, you only see that for a second. It's That's really effective. And that, that's the, that I again, I like to take myself back to when the film was made. Yeah. That on a giant screen yep. in black and white. Visceral would have been terrifying terrifying yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like saw and it's like mm. silence of the lambs where you know where he's strung out on the big yeah he's it's body horror disemboweled, stuff but you only see it for a split second yep. and oh yeah that was really great but that's clever right because then your mind is yeah. replaying that it rolls over and over the camera shot as well where it rolls up his body and yep. you see there's a bird dead we yep. see his feet covered in blood his fe- yeah and there's and feathers the and there's yeah. everything yeah it's um, and at that point most of the deaths have been quite hidden or removed hmm. so you never yeah. really see a lot and then you know like that, that's a super visceral one you don't get that visceral again really. no no that's but that, right I, I like that because it essentially seeds the promise of the threat the birds now have. So when yeah. we have the sequence like the kids running away from the school, yeah. which is a yeah. pretty good sequence, even though the t- it doesn't maybe look as good technologically as we could do it nowadays, mm. it's still an effective sequence because you've got a bunch of terrified children yeah. and some they're of them legit are- terrified because someone's tied a crow to their back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that helps. Like that, it's that, yeah. It's a that, question of are we going to see kids get their eyes pecked out now? Like yeah. we've already, he's already pushing the boundary by yeah. showing someone. And that their eyes little girl out. with the scratches. I mean, you yeah. know, it's just lines mm. of blood. Still quite 
convincing. It's still yeah. quite yeah. confronting. Most to kids see. are good actors, yeah. but like you said, yeah, they they're not have acting. They've got a bird stuck it. stuck yeah. to their back. I think yeah. the explosion is done quite well in a way that's that, cool. mm. that yeah. makes sense. Uh, and of course, the highlight, as we've discussed already, the restaurant scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, oh my goodness! Um, for, I, know, I know some people listen to this podcast without watching the film uh, in the middle bit. Oh, please uh, which, do. Please just go back Google restaurant scene. The birds. Yeah. Surely someone's. I actually, I actually think it's worth watching the first half of the birds to get to just the absurdity that is the restaurant mm. scene, where it's we have incredible. the local ornithological uh, expert who's there, and which, she's which every town has the local Irish drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the all the sailors, salty sea captains, so salty sea captains that only sit at the bar, the traveling salesman who yeah. says, "Just shoot them all." Yeah, yeah the puritanical mother, dirty animals. Well, somebody think of the children. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and the barman who gets in every shot. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Tell me your troubles. So he's going, how, how much did he have to pay off Hitchcock who set up set all those shots yeah. in his head? And like, mm. surely he didn't have a wacky barman in any of those shots. <laughs> <laughs> it's just slipped Hitchcock yeah. a 50. And then the and chef gone, comes out and says, sh- yeah. what's and going they, on they, here? Yeah, they restart the scene explaining it again. Yeah, what happened at the school? There's been an attack at the school. And yeah. then a dumb cop who comes in as yeah. well. He's like, oh, oh, it's nothing. Don't worry everyone. about it. Yeah. Deputy Al Malone. He was great. <laughs> Do you know what? It was almost like an episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah. At the Double R Diner. That's what it felt like. Like yeah, it felt like um, yeah we were watching. It was a bit twin, twin Peaksy. Or, or League of League of Gentlemen. Oh, very I much. I did so, get yeah. some League of Gentlemen yeah. vibes. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you're not sure if this is on purpose. If it's not on purpose, it's it's disconcertingly strange. It's very much a, a local. Yeah, <laughs> this is a local place for local people. Local people. Um, uh, and Annie's death is actually reasonably effective as well. Yeah, it's quite good. Even yeah. though I didn't really care much for many of the characters when they find Annie dead outside her house having basically saved uh, little Kathy's life. Yeah. It's it's effective because, you know, she's a character that she was perfectly all right. Yeah. And then you see her lying, having been scratched to death. And she I like got her... screwed out of everything by... Yeah. Do you know, but she TV. she had a backstory. None yeah. of those characters had any backstory mm. other than that, other than her, like, like, um, un... Explained backstory with Jessica Tandy. I always go by the actors' names. I never yeah, remember yeah, their yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Tandy, Lydia. Lydia. She we we heard about the, the husband and all that crap, but like um, the Westwood uh, Anne Annie. Uh, Annie Annie Haf- uh, Hayworth. 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 It was written on the letterbox remember? in a massive That's letter. That's right. Hayworth. What's her last name? She um, she did have you know there was that yearning to be with Mitch. Yep. There was. There the wary w- acceptance of this blonde yeah, one, that even she, though she that knows her intentions. She like yeah, she's maybe lost out to this new mm. young woman. Like it's mm. um, I I quite liked her because at least she had something going on, mm. and she fitted. She made sense in the yeah. town. Yeah, she made like, and the relationship breakdown made sense. Are you saying town? the 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 Bible quoting Irish drunk didn't make sense? Look. Um, maybe not so much him. Maybe the ornithologist expert. Yeah, who happens to wander in and wants chance for cigarettes. And then just proceeds to go, no, bullshit. No, couldn't happen. No. Considering that the we kind of put me on the cigarettes are meant, you know, in these films are yeah. often used as a symbol for sex or yeah. power. sexual tension power or thing. power. Yeah. Smoking away, it's like yeah. you're getting a lot, lady. Jesus. But in that scene, she's got power because she's totally dismissing everything that's happening. Yeah. That's true. She's she's the power player in that in that whole scene, that's and so everyone's funny. going, "No, it's happening." She's like, "No, it's not." No, I know birds. There's five point six million birds in <laughs> continental in, US in, alone. Yes, <laughs> they don't flock together. You yeah. silly bint. Is yeah. that a European swallow? <laughs> it was, but I mean, ultimately though. Um, I, I think there, there is well, a hang on a second hang on before we, we never see her again no oh, she's no, not even in the scene when no no she come. is she is she's in the queue uh, you know when it looks like it's all the yeah, ladies down the hallway yeah. of the ladies toilet you don't see her face fully because she's almost ashamed yeah, she, like, she you see just yeah. like the back of her head yeah. that needed its own shot I that think was it, it did no, have no, that was in the scene did it? I just yeah. wasn't where we were going I've done her I've done her we were from Mitch's point of view too busy making sex jokes in fairness it was very easy to make sex jokes about about the fact that like I, I really enjoyed um, just how very briefly implied it was that the oh, fact yeah. that Mitch and Mel had yeah, sex when they were left alone in the house. And, and then the very strange walking embrace to yeah, the Yeah, but they're like yeah. hugging and walking out the house. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. I was, you know, uh, that was glad they, they hooked up at least, you know, they got something out of it. But it really, it, the film lost nothing from them not doing that. Like yeah. they could have played it fine with them yeah. not actually. I think it would have been stronger with them, and which is again what Slither does. Mm. With them not hooking up really until yeah. maybe after the film happens, but I think 
Yeah, I think it would have been. This again, a lost opportunity. Yeah. to ha- you've got that love triangle. That's there a very going postmodern on. view, though. Like you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't have a leading man, a leading lady that have been courting each other for most of the film not consummate. Like that's just kind of how it was done. But if we did I the postmodern know. version of it now, knowing what we know, then yeah, you maybe. can get away with it. Yeah. But maybe I mean, they would. Maybe they wouldn't. You, but they the wouldn't end, but you know, stoop. But they might <laughs> or kiss. But they. But they might. I don't think it's. I, I wish I could think of an example, but I don't think it's unheard of to have that tension there. Oh, it would have been a much better motivation. Kind of, particularly if she's gone there to tease him, which yeah. is what she's done. Yeah. Like to keep that act up and then have all this stuff going on. They're brought together by the well, Princess Leia the and chaos. Han Solo. It's Pretty that, much. but it's yeah. extrapolated over those films. But if if she if they hadn't banged, for lack of a, you know, they the motivation for him saving her might have been a bit more muddied, so you would have got a little bit more of like character conflict of like, yeah. why do I care about this woman yeah. over my sister or again, that's over where over the the school teacher who has clearly had a thing for but me. But that's where it becomes more apparent that Hitchcock maybe is more mode. again forming an opinion based on only two films <laughs> um, is maybe more driven by what he sees for a film oh, and is absolutely. not driven by the depth. Yeah, There's he's, no, he's because, not super reactive, Because there no. is so much opportunity for depth with characters yeah. and, mm. and he, the things he sets, he sets it up mm. and then he's not even aware of what he's mm. set up. Like it's, yeah. There's so much in there. That There's it, opportunities for introspection which are not fulfilled. No, and that's right. And he's obviously clearly not about introspection. In yeah. Film. No. Yeah. But you've got to keep in mind that in 10 years from this film, you've got like the postmodern revolution, you know, mm. Raging Balls, Easy Rider, all that, all that 70s Ochoa stuff. But you still had it coming up in the 60s. You, you did, but Hitchcock at that point had a name, you know. Mm. So it was. And, it was, and also a reputation for exactly. doing mm. essentially uh, interesting. I, I don't know if it's right to say psychological dramas, but essentially just, he was almost like the film version of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like, this is interesting, but maybe it's better done in short bursts like the TV show is. Exactly. Maybe, it's like yeah. a serial writ large and it didn't need to be. I am like I am keen now to watch more films because the only other film I've seen a f- fair bit of is uh, Marnie, which is, mm. and I've seen that because of how... Uh, problematic that film is so i'd love to see more i'll have to dig out my hitchcock box set yeah please do it's um and then the black and white version is not colorized no that's good that's good would you like some trivia from imdb yes yes excellent yes well for uh brett uh this as this is your first time Mm -hmm. we usually uh conclude by going through some of the trivia that is collected on imdb Mm -hmm. mostly because it's a bit fun um so first point fun (laughs) oh well uh, uh, fun. Oh, my <laughs> God. The first bit of trivia here. Uh, when audiences left the film's UK premiere at the Odeon in Leicester Square, London, they were greeted by the sound of screeching and flapping birds from loudspeakers hidden in the trees oh, yeah. to scare them further. See, Hitchcock was a showman. Do you know yeah. what happened to me when I went and saw Twister? When what? At the movie? Did you get stuck in a tornado as you left? When Twister happened mm. was the day that a massive tornado... <gasps> went through South Perth and just on, along the foreshore, it destroyed all of those mansions along the foreshore <laughs> in South Perth. So when we got out of the cinema, we looked up and the sky <gasps> was exactly the same. No cows flying, yeah. but the sky was exactly the same as um, in the movie. Oh. And that night, a massive twister went through, um, went through right. South Perth and ripped all these people's houses apart. So you saying by... You watching Twister, you caused this destruction? I, yes. Sounds like it. I am. Shame on you, T. When I saw uh, Dante's Peak. <laughs> there was a volcano. Oh, the that's vo- where the volcano came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was you. That was me. Yeah. When you watched JFK in 1963. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really unlucky. Yeah. Um, that one, I think that was just coincidence. Right? Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, the sound of the birds themselves was the sound of reel-to-reel tape being run backwards and forwards. That's what we yeah. said, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Scratching it up. It did. Yeah. It sounded like wicka, a DJ wicka, wicka, making a... Wicka, 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 and it's yeah. it it's not a very pleasant noise. No, no. it's not. It's pitched down and then that mixed with the we, you know we were talking about the no music like yeah. that mm. was really I liked that yeah. as well. Like that seemed like something that's in, again has influenced. Yeah. See, there are things I liked. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I know we were concerned with the birds' uh, well-being, mm. um, yeah. and at one point when there's a lot of birds stood around and we were. 
uh, ruminating about how that was achieved were they glued down. Uh, Rod Taylor, uh, Cary Grant, Robin Williams' son, um, said that the seagulls... From welcome to Whoop Whoop fame. Yes. The, the seagulls were fed a mixture of wheat and whiskey. That's why they were stood around, because well, they, they were drunk. not great. It's not great, but I think it's better than our hypothesis of glue on the <laughs> glue yeah. on the stuff they were standing. Fishing line around their legs. But yeah, so they, they were all just really drunk. They were tied to those kids, though. Oh, no, no they, that they were. That was guaranteed that was tied to those yeah, kids. Yeah, they were. But there was also the handlers pushing them on the back of them. That mm. was, and there was also pushing them through that uh, door. The, that was a live window. seagull yeah, coming yeah. through And then door. smashing them back out. Oh, it was horrible. The birds themselves, uh, Hitchcock uh, revealed in an interview on The Dick Cavett Show in 1968, uh, they used <laughs> 3,200 birds uh, that were trained for the film. Uh, he said that the ravens were the cleverest and the seagulls were the most vicious. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. It's My prob- experience with seagulls and, and crows. Yeah, yeah, if you've ever tried to secrete a chip from a seagull, you'd know that... Um, secrete? Secrete? Like, you just yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that one up in the dictionary. <laughs> no, you're right. I had a friend who used to go <laughs> to the secrete um, chips. No, he used to go um, to the beach and get fish and chips. And he when the seagulls would he'd sit, eat them in his car, and then when the seagulls would come, he'd put them on the inside of his windshield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awful! So it's, um, just, it's just the sound of this <laughs> going going. <laughs> 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 Now, well, I told you my story about the crows at, at uni. <laughs> yeah. When I used to go to, when I, at, at uni, the crows used to, because um, it was when the ornithologist lady was saying they're not smart enough to, to do things. Their brain pans like, are far too Hold small. up, lady. The crows at uni used to pretend to be injured. They used to stick their wings out and limp. And then all of these idiot uni students, would not idiot, kind uni students would go, Gullible. oh, you poor thing. And they'd throw food to it. And then as soon as it got the food, it would like strike a pose and fly off into the sky and just like jip everyone. <laughs> it was amazing. It's funny that you mentioned that um, Cary Grant... Uh, looked a bit like Rod Taylor because Cary Grant was one of the actors that was considered by Hitchcock for the role of Mitch Brenner. Look, if he was just performing from the the bridge of the nose up, (laughs) yeah. And then he would the, be fine. And Wearing a mask the whole film completely unexplained. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a surgeon. He just yeah. wears a surgical mask the whole time. Yeah, lawyer surgeon. The reason that Hitchcock Lurgeon. went, he basically didn't go with uh, Cary Grant was because, one, very expensive to get Cary Grant your film, but um, he also felt that the birds and the Hitchcock name should be the big attractions on the yep. film. So it that's why, because like Tippi Hedren wasn't really a big film star. No. The, Hitchcock saw Tippi Hedren in a 1962 commercial um, and just liked her look and basically said, I think you'd be great for this birds film that I'm planning at the moment. There is actually an in-joke. At the start of the film when she's walking towards the shop and that boy whistles at at her as she goes past, um, that actually happened in the commercial that he saw. So he recreated the commercial at the start of the film. Right. Um, He's a clever bugger, isn't he, old Hitchcock? Yes. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting that he chose to make... The birds and his name, the attraction. Now, making the birds the attraction, I think, is is a good idea because mm. the film's called The Birds. It's about the birds. It, mm. it, it, it well, almost, the last like yeah. thirty five minutes Sorry, is about the my, birds. My apologies. <laughs> uh, the last, the second half of this film is about the birds, but also the, uh, being able to advertise this film based on his name. It's the yeah. same way these days. You know, when people say, oh, "It's a Tarantino film," yeah. people will go and see yep. because because of the director's name. So, or the opposite effect with M Night Shyamalan. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, let's not. <laughs> like that wasn't on what was the he made the film recently where they go stay with their grandparents the visit i, I think it was that. don't bother okay but it's yeah it took he took his name off it that's uh, right he can't mm. put yeah can't put it on his box office poison after uh, yeah. Avatar, last Airbender. Uh, the schoolhouse which is in bodega uh bodega. has Whoa. also been known to be haunted even back in the days when they were filming it looks like a haunted yeah. building mm. it totally looks creepy. like a haunted building yeah. T- tippy hedron said that the most of the cast were spooked when they were there she also mentioned how she had this feeling that the building was immensely populated even when it was empty uh, when Hitchcock was told about the schoolhouse being haunted, he was even more encouraged to film there. Of course and he I, was. No, but that makes sense because it, it everything that happens at the schoolhouse is bad. It's meant yeah. to be a yeah, foreboding place. Yeah, yeah, if everyone's on edge while it's happening, it's going to look good on film. Mm. And, you know, we even have the, the creepy school children singing prayers and things uh, like that. Yeah, so. well, that's I, I brought that up. There's the, the kids inside singing whatever they're singing. And that's when Tippy comes out and sits down and there's one bird and then two birds and then an entire flock behind her. And that's... A birder. 
a birder, a birder of birds. Birder. Mm. That's one of the earliest examples of that like horror juxtaposition Using of the children's Freddy's coming for you. Yeah, which is used <laughs> like the nursery rhyme, creepy children's stuff is, yeah. and that's it's intentional in that it's the weird mood change, but it's not as intentional as Nightmare on Elm Street. But yeah, they yeah. took it to the next level. Interesting little chunk. Uh, Mitch Zanich, who was the real-life owner of the Tides restaurant at the time of filming, told Hitchcock he could shoot in that restaurant if the character, the lead male character, was named after him. And also gave um, him, the real Mitch Zanich, a speaking part in the film. And so Hitchcock agreed. Is he the barman? Is he the barman? He's in that sequence. Um, Oh, no, sorry. It's not that. It's it's before that sequence. My apologies. Is he the invisible man? No, he's not the invisible <laughs> man. Uh, Mitch Zanich, the, the real-life Tides restaurant owner, is in the scene after Melanie is first attacked by a seagull. He's the one that says, what happened, Mitch, when she walks past with the blood? Oh. So, very minor. Yeah, very minor. But I, I like that. He's Speaking like, part, it's yeah, paid. You, you can have my restaurant if you name the lead character after me. And it's yeah. like, also, I want to be in it. Yeah. With a speaking part. But that's like, I get that. That's like when you, you know, being us all having done acting and things mm. like that or any, or like producing things when mm. you someone asks you to do a job and you hate it and you're like, okay, yeah. $2,000. And then... Mm. They go, they go, okay, okay and, you're like, and you're like, oh, well, it's a crap, crap job, but I'm going to get paid heaps mm-hmm. for yeah, it. I, so. can make, I can work my way through yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Good job, buddy. Another fact from the London premiere. Um, the following birds were at the London premiere. Big. Two flamingos. <laughs> I like No, not big birds, sadly. <laughs> uh, yeah, two flamingos, 50 red cardinals and starlings, and six penguins, despite the fact there's no None flamingos or penguins. The... Right, that's yeah. the birds too, going north. Yeah. Well, there the is birds a, of Madagascar. There, there is actually a birds too. <laughs> yes. And Tippi Hedren's in it. Yeah. What? She doesn't play the same character. She's just... Play, it's, but yeah, there was a film made in 1994 called The Birds 2 Land's End, and she's in it. I don't know anything else about Tippi. this film. I haven't seen it, but I know it existed. Oh. But I can... You have to assume it's not great. Yeah. 94 was a pretty good year for films, and I don't think that was one of them. No, we'd have heard about it. Yeah. Um, in May 2001, the son of the novelist Daphne du Maurier, who wrote the original uh, short story of the birds, um, he and his wife were terrorised by seagulls nesting outside <laughs> their cottage. Yeah. <laughs> and it made the news. Yeah. And if, it was, if, if they were in Australia... It would have been a magpie-based film. Well, that's just yes. it. We, we record in Australia, and we experience this every um, spring. spring, or yep. as we call it, swooping season. Yeah. Yep. Not um, just magpies. Mm. Mudlarks, yep. willy wagtails. Butcher, t- butcher birds. Butcher birds. But magpies are the big bad ones. They're the yeah. ones that cause damage. I yeah. was swooped by a magpie for the first time last year. Welcome to Australia, yeah. mate. I, I've almost been knocked off. I was. It, it always happens when I'm riding a bike, so I'm yeah. thankful for the helmet. Yeah. But... It's I have, the helmet that does it. Yeah. Um, I was swooped. And it's not a fun experience. No. no um, it's terrifying. But I had previously been swooped, I say in quotation marks, by someone who lost control of their paraglider and almost <laughs> knocked me off their bike before a magpie got me. So for and a the long... The magpie was scarier? Is, yeah. Did you do up a film treatment called The Paragliders? I really should have done. Oh, you know what? This film would be great if it was all just paragliders who were out <laughs> of control going, watch out! <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry! Yeah. Disappointed by the lack of poo in the film. Yeah. yeah. But like, but there would have been went... so much on set. Though. Oh my God, There was no yeah. statues. That was the problem. They only yeah. built on the statues. That's true. Uh, Sean Connery was also considered for the role of Mitch. He was cast oh, in the next Burke. film. Marnie. Uh, yeah, in Marnie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I could have seen Sean being pretty good in this. Yeah. Everyone get and try. tried. Uh, Audrey Hepburn was also considered for the um, role of Melanie Daniels, which would have been was Audrey Hepburn. Oh, no, she would have been a bit wasted. Uh, that would have been... Well, she might have made her... I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't think Tippi Hedren's a very good actress, unfortunately. I also don't think she necessarily had to be for this film. No, no there she wasn't get a lot given for her to much. Do. Obviously, yeah, you needed a blonde, blondie you needed to be a, in yeah, the role. Blonde, blue-eyed, pretty yeah. lady. Mm. Uh, as you mentioned before, Alfred Hitchcock was seen at the start of the film walking his two dogs, his actual dogs, yeah. named Jeffrey and Stanley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. the most English named dogs yeah. you can get, I think. Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey. Stanley. Stanley. Heel. Sit down, eh? Stand and go poopies. <laughs> Stop shagging my leg. <laughs> um, 
The film does not finish with the usual the end title credit, as we no. discovered, uh, because Hitchcock wanted to give the impression of unending terror. Mm-hmm. And I think that really works. I think I that, liked that. It was, that it was a great end. It's a great ending because you're, you're watching it and you're kind of like, you've got a feeling that it's the end, but you're not entirely sure with them mm. driving off and the birds just stood there. Mm. And it does leave questions like, well, mostly, what are they going to do? What's yeah. going to happen? Like yeah. it's a ballsy, yeah. ballsy and ending. it's great. I really, yeah. really love that ending. It, it was, definitely it ends stronger than it I also, I also enjoyed it because the film was finishing. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah, yeah, that was good too. But, but, it, but it was, it, ultimately, ultimately I think The Birds is a good film. Mm. But it's not a great film. No, um, I, think it's, I think it's maybe two thirds of a good film and one chunk of greatness mm. and the rest is super mediocre one of the alternate uh, endings that were considered for this film uh was to have a shot of the golden gate bridge covered just in covered birds. in the birds yeah. so yeah so they're which, taking over the world yeah which I, I we don't really get an indication that they're taking over the world in this film it's it's like a war of the worlds type thing because mm. you're getting this one small location story and it's extrapolated out again. And like Shyamalan did it with signs, right? Where you've got this one little location story. Stupid dumb water. Dumb. Yeah. That was a great film. Yeah, until that point. Start of the film. Twisty start twists. of signs. What I a was twist. in the cinema. I was going, "There's all that water all over the place. They better not be. Oh, they better not Chekhov's be water. Gun. They're coming to a planet." Yeah. Mostly made of water, yeah. and then it's like it's the water. Oh, yeah. But you know what? So you know the, the film trope of Chekhov's gun, right? If you see a gun in the first act, it's someone's going to get, get shot. shot. Yeah, has to. Yeah. I was so mad. But then postmodern film, like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, like it opens. You're like, what is it? We're going to find and out. We never, never find, find out because you don't need it. It's just a, it's yeah. a MacGuffin. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. What do you do with MacGuffin's gun? Oh goodness. Someone has to... Uh, Eat it. No, no. Someone gets <laughs> shot, but that's how they have to... It has to be. Okay. And shooting them maybe makes them... It gives them the power to defeat the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. It's a magic bullet. Nice. Well, now that we've solved that, mm-hmm. let's conclude by scoring the film. So every every film, uh, Brett, when we get to the end, mm-hmm. we give it a score out of 10. And this is just your own personal... Personal? Personal. Sorry, Sean Personal. Personal. Sean 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 personal. It's your own personal um, score for the film out of 10, one being very bad and 10 being excellent. Yeah. Um, it's... Um, you know, we acknowledge that films... Aren't, can't necessarily be measured by a numerical value, but it's fun to do anyway. Yeah, so uh, yeah. let's let's get Tegan give you an example. Yeah. Tegan, what score would you give the birds out of ten? I'd give the birds four exposition mustaches out of ten. Mm. Um, I I agree that there is some lovely stuff in it. I also uh, agree. I can see where it's influenced films to come. I'm assuming that a lot of those influences are in other probably better Hitchcock films as well, yeah. though. Mm. And I love a piece of shit film as much as I love <laughs> an amazing film. And this film is mediocre and I can't stand mediocre films. So four out of ten. So four. Yeah. 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 All right. Brett. The, yeah. The four is for the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Brett, what would you give? Um, uh, probably six ornithological experts out of 10 i think because i really love the last half of it um Mm. because i i guess because i'm a film study nerd but it sets up so much of modern cinema that i enjoy and without those little touches it may have happened um but the survivors hunkering down and you know um the sneaking past the big bad and all those kinds of things are done masterfully like alien is the perfect example of that being turned up to to 500 but yeah, it's not the best Hitchcock film by a long shot. Yeah. Uh, but I that last shot of all the birds there yeah, and right. them driving off, I love it. And then just fade to black. Listen to this other podcast. Just you li- what you, you just do you know he li- she listens to other yeah. podcasts? I'm a podcast whore. She's always says. Look, look, I oh. encourage people to listen to other podcasts once they've finished the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, no, what you've said reminded me of it with the um, that the influences that it's had, mm. and this podcast was about. Um, is it called Revisionist History? I think it's a really popular one. Yep. Um, and it was about uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and about how um, he was so that, – that song is so legendary now, but it's not Leonard Cohen's version of the song that's mm. legendary. Leonard Cohen did a version that the guy from uh, one of uh, another 80s band, he found it, he covered it, 
Jeff Buckley covered the covered version. Yeah. And then as people have continued on, it's become a masterpiece. Yeah. But the but the formula and the original came from Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Yeah. And this is what this film seems like to me is like the formula. Yeah, totally. And uh, the creation, the 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 seeds of a masterpiece are in it, but it took other people to, to take out. that yep. and actually turn something into like Alien mm. um, like Slither all of Cronenberg's stuff basically like even The Mist yeah. I think is yeah. not my favourite film but I think they use these tropes very well like the all ending the, of The Mist yeah yeah, like the most oh. depressing film ever but yeah, yeah there, there's lots of those um, those films and those ideas that take this um, yeah. and and excel with it I don't think this film excels but had we not had a film with yeah. this, potentially we wouldn't have had those to come. There's a lot of films like that that are important, but aren't that good. No, mm. yeah. 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 For me personally, just in terms of a score, I think, again, it, 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 it's a film which on its own merits doesn't really rate a high score, but for what it influenced, as you, as you say, um, it, it's certainly an important film. But I think just looking at it as, as a standalone film, I would have to give it four... A ba 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 bird. Bird is the word. A ba 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 bird. Bird is the word out of ten. Um, you waiting the entire podcast. This is the only reason you did this podcast, right? That. So you yeah, can do that. that Pretty much. Yeah. Cool. 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 So uh, yes, that's that brings us to the end of uh, the birds. Uh, Brett and Tegan, thank you very much for thank joining. Thank you very me. much. Can I recommend that everyone goes and watches Slither? You know what? Um, Feel free. It's it's very gory, but it's hilarious. Excellent. Okay. Um, can I also mention that someone who worked on the film was called Doodles Weaver, and we didn't mention that the entire podcast. Yeah. And it's the first note I wrote down, and I was like, why did I write Doodles Weaver? Oh, that's, oh, right. that's right. A guy or girl was mm. called Doodles Weaver in the film. Mm. Wonder what he did on the film. Do you think he weaved doodles? I reckon he's the crazy barman, or he's oh, the Irishman. He's the Irishman. <laughs> doodles Weaver, <laughs> character Weaver. actor. Listen to me, Irish. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, a reminder, of course, uh, this and the other forty-nine episodes of this podcast are available uh, to download at SoundCloud and iTunes and most other podcasting and podcast catching services. If it's not on a service that you use, let us know. And we'll put it up there just for you. Uh, we are also available on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. Um, you can leave suggestions for films, uh, things of that nature. And you can also join our Patreon where we've got some good uh, extra bonus content coming up. So now's a good time to, to get on there. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time. Uma uma mau mau, uma uma ma mau, uma uma mau mau, uma uma ma mau. Ba 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 ba. Bird is the word. Ba 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 Bird is the word. Ba 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 bird. Bird is the word. Surfing bird. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.